Hey, Kirk. Hey, Craig. What's up, man? I don't know if you can tell, but I'm very excited. Yeah, I can tell. Great. I can tell. Good. Hey, this one, uh, you're you're excited because this episode, we did not have to do a lot of homework. That's correct. We just talk about what we know. Oh, (laughs) this is going to be a long segment. (laughs) Yeah. And what we know is how to run a great fantasy football league. So that's kind of the... uh, that's the intent for today. Um, we're just going to talk about characteristics of what makes a good fantasy football league. Um, before we get into that, though, I just want to start with a couple of questions, you know, because the, the two fans expect that of us. Right. Um, so, you know, kind of free agencies, you know, there's not a lot of players left. Um, there are still a couple of big names out there, though, and I want to talk about two of the big name players that are out there. They used to be teammates and very prolific fantasy players. Uh, but they've fallen on harder times. But I want to talk about potential landing spots for them. Uh, the first one is Des Bryant. Where do you think Des Bryant can sign to where he will have the most fantasy value? Uh, I believe in my heart of hearts that he will have the most fantasy value with the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. Um, they Obviously, Fitzgerald will still be there. Um, I think he could he could hop right in and fill that uh, 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 the other slot role or another another deep uh, out role for you know just the opposite of, of Larry Fitzgerald because uh, if anything he's going to help Larry Fitzgerald have a better season uh, by taking any attention away from him or if they completely lose track of Dez and just say he's too old and he stinks he could have uh, a pretty good year uh, with Arizona. This is just a wild stab in the dark, but I think that would be a great place. Okay. Yeah, that's not a bad one. That's uh, actually not any of the ones I had on my short list. Uh, I think the obvious answer is Dallas. Um, That's not going to be my answer, though. But right right now you look at Dallas, they do not have a number one. They have uh, Michael Gallup, who was a a highly touted draft pick for them. They have Alan Hearns. Um, They actually had Deontay Thomas or Thompson uh, was a player who played for the Bears and Bills last year. He did have some big games. I like him. I think he's going to be under undervalued, but Dallas has nobody. So looking at teams, available teams, um, I was kind of him and Han. I, I, I think the team that where I think he'd have the most success, again, assuming health for everybody involved, would be Indianapolis. Because other than T.Y. Hilton, they're just atrocious, I think, at the wide receiver position. Um, you know, they have, what, Chester Rogers. They signed Ryan Grant, who failed a physical with Baltimore, right. and that's that's really it there. Um, you know, they do have some decent tight ends, but I think if he, if he if he signed there and Andrew Luck played, I think he would he would push for you know wide receiver number two, definitely wide receiver number three numbers, and I think that's kind of a best case scenario. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, and you know, with Arizona losing John Brown, I mean, I think that's that's kind of why I'm targeting them. Um, and they, they also have a good quarterback. So, uh, right. yeah, I think that'd be beneficial to him, whichever team to have an established quarterback to throw him the ball. Cause that was when Dak wasn't, when Dak was playing, he didn't get the ball to him. Yeah. So, you know, Tony okay. Romo knows how to do that. That's right. Hey, uh, same exact question. Subtract Des Bryant and insert DeMarco Murray. Where could he sign to where he would have the most fantasy value? 
this is hard. This is harder. And I, I think I think this is this is more uh, touchdown dependent. Uh, where I think, and again, this will stay on the West Coast, and I think it'd be the 49ers. Um, Jarek McKinnon should be the feature back and should get enough touches, but um, I think I think there's a there's a big area of of, uh, of need for them to punch the ball in, and I think he'd fit in well with the 49ers, um, and, and probably get you know if he's able to play and be healthy, I think he could have like a 10 touchdown you know, 500 yard season um, where I think that's, that's probably all you're going to get out of him is a lot yeah. of touchdowns if he plays. Yeah. So you, you don't think Matt Breda can fill that role, huh? He might be able to, but I mean, if they want a veteran uh, uh, play or veteran player, I mean, I don't think DeMarco Murray needs to sign anywhere. Quite frankly, I don't know where else he'd go besides the saints, but even still, I don't think they really need to sign him. So the only team I felt that could give him the most impact would, was the, yeah. the Niners. I think I'm right. I'm I'm right. I know I'm right. Yeah, I actually have two better options than that. <laughs> and when looking at the uh, the running back position, you're really looking for opportunity. And that, that means carries. And and for DeMarco Murray, even though I think I think you're right that this he is different than Dez, where he is definitely on the downside of his career. He, yeah. He's not the back he used to be. But I think there is a couple of scenarios where he could go where he would be the best running back on the team. Uh, Indianapolis was one, but I don't want to answer them because that was my answer for Dez. But he could definitely, uh, I think, win that job there. But the one where I think he could actually have the most value and actually win the job is Denver. Yeah, uh, my other pick. Yeah, so they have Devontae Booker there. Um, they drafted a couple of fellows, but um, really nobody who you're looking at as a 20-carry uh, a game kind of guy. So, And I think that team's going to score. I think that offense with, with Case Keenum is going to be much better than the, the last three years. So I think uh, I think that would be a great place for him to sign. Yeah, for I mean, if, if he if he wants to – I mean, if he wants the workload, yeah, that would be a good place. I just – I felt uh, I felt the 49ers, They add a, a veteran back. He's he could find the end zone, have a have a nice nice season without yeah. touching the ball too much. Yep, just depends how much uh, one team wants to invest in the running back position. Yeah, that, that but that would be an excellent excellent landing spot for him. Okay, well, hey, uh, before we get going into the characteristics of a good league, Kirk, uh, I think the fans want to hear from one of our sponsors. Yes, this is a this is a throwback. Um, the Coors Company uh, decided to uh, uh, produce a Rocky Mountain spring water. Um, their slogan is, is, if you love our beer, then you'll be pissed when you realize this is just water. Uh, all we did was just put water in our Coors labeled bottle to confuse the crap out of you. When you man- mention fancy football, they'll give you a handful of hops and barley so you can make your own beer. And this was a pretty hot product back in the early 90s. Uh, Coors Rocky Mountain Spring Water. Coors, the beer for you. The banquet water. The banquet water, yeah. So that's funny. Uh, you said people would be pissed when they find out it's water. A lot of people refer to Coors as piss water. Right. So, um, they, they take the piss out of the, 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 the beer that you drink and you piss. They filter it. Uh, through their reverse osmosis, and then they just give you that, so it's it's piss free. But they do it in the Rockies, so right where it's cold. <laughs> All right. All right. Cool. It's cold pissed. 
the freshest pee. Yeah. Yeah. Never, never warm. <laughs> never frozen either. Yeah, right. <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right. Good. So look, we are providing a service here and, and that's why people are, are tuning in because they want to win their leagues. They want to have a great draft and they, they want to know if they're joining new leagues, if, if it's a league worth joining or not, and how can they make their new leagues the mo- as, as fun as possible. So that's what, that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm um, just going to go down some, some different areas. This is obviously not an all-inclusive show. I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, have another show where we talk about other factors into what makes a great fantasy football league. But really, and I have it as the, the number one the key rule for fantasy football, the only rule that matters is that it should be fun. There's no other reason to play fantasy football other than to have fun, uh, other than to get those competitive juices going. And if if you have a league that has so many rules or a commissioner who is such a dictator that it, it creates too much tension, it's not even fun, then you don't need to be in that league. Yeah, we're not in Russia. Yeah. So having said that, we are in some leagues like that, though. But uh, just the way we are, that's what kind of makes it fun is because we push back against the commissioner yeah you have to you have to stand up for your right to party (laughs) that's right uh so first question i have kirk or first thing to talk about is just league size the amount of teams um you know the the standard default for a lot of the websites when you sign up for a league is 12 Mm -hmm. uh the four leagues that you and i are in together are either 12 teams or 10 teams actually we have two and two Mm -hmm. um what do you prefer and or do you have a preference or do do you really care well i think i think it goes uh uh, league size also can you know go with the roster size too so if you have if you have a 12 team league and you have a smaller roster or a smaller bench that could that could uh that could be fun if you have a deeper bench that gets really hard because then you're picking second and third running backs that you that will never play um so i guess it kind of marries with that if i like the 10 team leagues um with a small roster uh because then you can you know kind of find you know a good player on the on the sidelines and bring them on your team and and plug them in and play but i also like the you got to know everybody that's playing uh, on every team. So I, I kind of like both. I, I'm very flexible. Yeah. That, 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 it's funny you say that because 10 and 12, I, I like them both. They're, they both bring a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. If you go any less than 10, if you do an eight team league, oh. uh, I, I, yeah, it's tough, but I think you have to look at, you know, if you do less than 10, you have to look at two quarterbacks, maybe two tight ends to really make things more, more challenging right. instead of just having, pro bowlers who are out there on the waiver wire. So, right. So just like you said, Kirk, if you, if you go less than 10, really expand the roster and you want to make it somewhat challenging uh, to hit the waiver wires and to have those kind of fringe players out there. So, yeah, you don't, you don't, you want to be able to see or find a free agent uh, that's going to have some kind of impact. And, you know, if, if you, if you have too many roster spots, uh, on a on a twelve team league, I mean, you're that's 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 going to be tough. I mean, it's almost right. going to be non-existent. So, yep. Okay, 
so the next is the the type of so we're we're talking just regular redraft leagues here. Uh, what type of draft do you like? Uh, really, the two most common are just the snake draft, where you have a draft order and then you hit the reverse of that on the the second and fourth, and, you know, the odd or uh, excuse me, even number rounds, or an auction draft. What do you like? Well, I think prior to joining uh, the one league, I would have said I just like the snake draft, uh, but once. Because the preparation for a snake draft is, is simple. It's what formula are you going to employ or implore uh, when you know where you're drafting? If you're in the first few yeah. spots, you know, you know, you're probably going to go after running back or this, that, you know, that that's a little fun, but you don't know what you're going to do until you do it with mm-hmm. the, the auction draft. You and I, we prepare, you know, for weeks figuring out what our budget's going to be and what, what, how we, what players we're looking at and who we don't want and the strategy of who we're going to nominate. So I actually now will shift that to the auction, the redraft auction league. Yeah. That's probably yeah. the most exciting for me. So I think I kind of equate this to the league size to where I love them both. And maybe this is not a great show because I'm just going to say I love everything about fantasy football, but mm-hmm. I truly do. Uh, in the four leagues we're in together, we have two two snake drafts and two auction drafts. I'm in actually two additional leagues that you're not in. One is a snake and one is an auction. How dare you? And I, Cheating yeah, on I, me. I know it. I know it. Uh, but I feel like if I, if I was in auction drafts, uh, and no snake drafts, I would I would definitely feel a void there because I think there is some strategy to snake drafts. Like you said, it's not as in-depth as auction. Right. But the, but the one thing about auction drafts is sometimes they can just get away from you. Like, and, and your your strategy goes, you know, goes to hell. And um, it, it's just a different dynamic. I can't even explain it. The one thing I'll say, though, is if you're a league with all local players, uh, regardless of the type of draft, do a live draft, get together. That is live draft, regardless of what type, is the most fun you can have. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, draft, the draft season is my favorite part of fantasy football anyways. But if you can have a live draft party, that, that's the most fun. Yeah, I, I, yeah that, you, you get to look each other in the eyes when you're screwing them over. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But yeah, it's, it's just, it just adds a new dynamic. Somebody's going to get, you know, plastered and, and and just blow it and, or somebody's gonna you know draft chad johnson from you know who retired what four years ago so yeah it and and you know the 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 auction redraft um it it is it, you can panic there is a sense of panic because if you're not paying attention the best players can come off the board and all of a sudden there's somebody there that you you could have gotten for like 20 bucks that you spent 50 on somebody else and it's like if you're not prepared to stick to your to your draft plan you you it could it could fall you know right out of your hand really quick <clears throat> so i don't know if i told you this last year i i uh i guess emceed for lack of a better term an auction draft for my local neighborhood and work league here uh, and you know, we, you know, my draft strategy. I mean, we, we've shared it for however many years for the auction, right. which is right. go big after running backs. And yeah, you know, sometimes big after receiver. 
Mm-hmm. The most money I spent on a player was thirty dollars. Everybody else was below that because I just I don't know if I was just overloaded, right? Just not paying attention and it, it just got away from me. So, but auction drafts, if you haven't done a live auction draft, definitely do one. Yeah, and if you don't prepare, you you're be be ready to be screwed. <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, okay. So scoring and rosters. Uh, the one thing now with with all of the leagues that I run as a commissioner, I have taken kickers out of it. Yes. Uh, it's you know, it, it's much like the NFL looking at you know eliminating the kickoff or they looked at eliminating the extra point, but they pushed it back. Like stuff like that. You just have to adapt. I get it why it was initially in there, but it's stupid. Nobody gets excited about drafting a kicker. Everybody, it it doesn't feel right when your kicker scores 15 points versus the other kicker scores three and you win by six. No, it's it's not a measure of who's a better fantasy football player. Uh, I'm I'm really on the same, uh, kind of on on the fence about defenses. I have about half the leagues I'm in have a defense where some don't. Um, I could I could do a league without kickers or defenses now. Yeah, the I think I think if 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 you're starting a league and you wanna you wanna do a trial run and you wanna do just a standard you know standard rules and standard this and that that's fine. Um, but just assess it when you're in the season, and what what amount of time are you spending on your kicker? And if you don't care, there's probably a good chance that nobody else gives a crap either about their yeah. kicker. And then you just eliminate it and see what happens. I mean, yeah. all it's going to do is just, uh, you know, make it better. Because, yep. yeah, who cares about the who cares about the kicker? Yeah, right. if he has twenty points. Great. Who cares? Yep. All right. What's your opinion here? Uh, flex or no flex? And, um, and what we mean by flex is is so you have your set quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, and tight ends. A flex position is. You can put anybody in there as long as they're a running back, receiver, or tight end. It's just an extra roster spot. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to waiver. I know you're probably going to say you like both. I don't want to waiver. I, I like, I like the flex. I like the flex, and I think every league should have it if that was the way we had to do it. Um, it, it, it adds, it adds a dimension instead. Of, I mean, because it's a tight end, a wide receiver, or or running back. So that's one more spot that you can use however you want. It shows a little creativity and, and, and how you can, you know, manipulate the roster. It also, it also can come into effect with the timing of games um, to where you could switch out uh, which, which running back you want to, you know, if you, if you have a late start, you leave the flex open so you could put somebody else in if you want. And then that gives you three options to do it. So it, there's a little bit more gamesmanship with the flex. Yeah. I, I, I lean that way as well. Um, you know, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I lean that way. I think the majority of leagues nowadays have a flex and people are just kind of used to it now. Um, but, uh, that's the way I would lean. Um, the other thing with scoring is if you're doing a league, don't do any crazy points. No, no IDP, no return yards or, you know, if a quarterback throws 20 completions, then he gets a bonus points. Uh, the only bonus points that I do in my leagues are if a running back or receiver or quarterback meet a yardage threshold. For example, if a running back or receiver 
reach 100 yards, they get two points. 150 yards, they get two more. 200, they get two more. So stuff like that is fine because yeah. it's very predictable. So, you know, what you want, in my opinion, is if, if you have one player left on Monday night and the other team is done, you want, you want it to be predictable. You want to know what to root for. Right. Um, you know, you don't want to have a, a, a bonus for running back carries or, or get, you know, 0.2 points per carry and lose a game when you didn't even realize it. That's just not – you don't want to wait till Tuesday morning to find out if you won or lost. You want to be in, in it, in the moment, in the games, and you want to be actively smack-talking while you're in those games. So – that that's my stance there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to just to kind of piggyback the, the when you when you again watch the stats of a game on ESPN or NFL Network, they talk about the number of receptions the receiver had, the number of yards and the touchdowns. They right. they don't really focus on anything else. Same with the quarterback; it's yards and TDs and interceptions, and the running back yeah. it's yards and TDs and receptions. So it's it it it's, it's try to keep it similar to how it impacts the actual game. And, you know, sometimes I think the, the half point PPR is where I kind of, I'm a little confused. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it should just be a one point or nothing. Well, that brings us up to the next category is PPR versus half point PPR versus standard. And I will tell you that Yahoo, they have changed their default settings to if you start a league, the default setting is half point PPR now. So talk about that. What do you, you, you like PPR? Yeah, I think, I think if you're, I think if you're going to have, I mean, I think it should be either or, and I, I do like both, but um, I, I do, I think full point PPR because a guy who has 12 receptions, it, that's, that's that's very important uh, to that team that he has those twelve receptions. So I think it should be worth a point um, or nothing at all. Okay, because uh, that brings that brings a lot of that brings a lot of different dynamic into the game. Running backs and um, you know uh, obviously high high catch receivers who don't mm-hmm. get a whole lot of yards that that makes them more valuable and they are more valuable on that team. Adam Thielen is more valuable um, or or like a it actually, it, what it ends up doing is it ends up, you know, devaluing like a Deshaun Jackson who has four receptions right. for 100 115 well, yards because you'd rather have somebody who's touching the ball 10, 12 times. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the Detroit Lions in a standard league, you want Marvin Jones. In a PPR league, you want Golden Tate. And it's, right. you have to pay attention to that stuff. Don't just go after the, the same big names, uh, you know, regardless of the – of the scoring system. You have to pay attention to that when you're going into the draft. Uh, similar question, four points uh, for passing touchdown versus six points per passing touchdown. Do you have a preference? I, I, I kind of live with the four points uh, and deal with it, but I don't understand why that's not six points. Um, it's six points for a running back. It's six points for a receiver. They're just as valuable. I I just think six well, points. Well, I mean, it's the difference in a good a good season for a running back is ten or twelve touchdowns versus Aaron Rodgers throwing forty touchdowns. So, uh, but it's all in perspective. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers throws forty touchdowns. That's more than someone who has ten, and so they should be worth. It should be worth more. I, I it's the value of the team in my. Well, it's, my the, world. it's the same concept. Why passing yards are not. 
one point for every 10 yards, like rushing and receiving. I get that, but I, that's not the same. I don't think that's the same as a touchdown. A touchdown is, is six points on the board uh, to the team. You, you still, because there, there's still a, a minus two for interception. Uh, understood. Uh, in the there's, four not, point, there's not a whole lot of negatives for the for the running back or the or the receiver. I mean, they could fumble it, but still, a, a well, receiver. Or, or, in the four point leagues, the default is to do only minus one for interception. Uh, actually, and and that's something that I think needs to be addressed in the in Smock's auction league. Is he has four points for a touchdown and negative two for interception? Which oh, that's grossly, <laughs> grossly. Yeah, let's mistaken. let's bring that up in the draft. Oh. Yeah, that'll be our main driving. Yeah, that's how we're going to annoy everybody. (laughs) Well, that's one of the ways. We're going to talk about the other way in a second here. All right. Hey, getting on to – let's move on to just league rules. Um, The waiver wire. Uh, The way – every league I run now, with the exception of one, I use – it's called the FAB, or Free Agent Acquisition Budget. This is where you get 100 notional dollars – in the league and you basically you you auction every player on the waiver wire is auctioned off and it's a blind auction and if you bid the most on a player you get them this is uh, as uh, uh, opposite of just the waiver wire where it's rolling or the last place team has you know has the number one waiver spot which is very predictable it's not as fun if you haven't done fab you need to do it yeah, I, I totally agree. Even if even in a snake draft or where there's no budget at all, this is this is this adds a nice competitive element to it. I mean, otherwise you're just picking them up, and you know, not there's no enthusiasm at all, and whether you get it or not. Yeah, the, the only league I don't do this in is my family league, because not everybody would get it, and it's not worth teaching them. Yeah. And, and they still don't really get that you could pick up fantasy p- or people on the waiver wire anyway. So, yeah, yeah, it's not going to increase anything. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Here's here's the big one. This is the one we could probably have an entire show on this topic here. And I feel like, well, you know what? Let me make that announcement after the show. <laughs> um, trades. Oh Lord. Commissioner approved trades versus. League voting on trades. Uh, this is a non-negotiable for me. It it should always defer to the commissioner. If if the league needs to vote on trades, you need to reevaluate who's in your league. Because what you are saying is, there's some teams in here that are so dumb that we need to save them from themselves, and they are not capable of running their own team. They're not an adult, uh, and we need to help them. Or maybe it's you saying, hey, rest of the league, you need to let me know if this is a good trade for me or not. And that is not the intent of why trades are vetoed. It should never be in the hands of the 10 other teams if two teams come to an agreement. Yeah, the, yeah I, think, I think the misconception is, is when the commissioner makes the ruling that the commissioner makes a ruling every single time. It is. It is. It is very much how the federal government is supposed to run when it comes to businesses, unless there's some type of, you know, illegal activity or they are. It's obvious that they are 
one team is tanking and then just donating to another team, that's the only really time where your where your commissioner is going to step in and say, "Hey, you know, it's this time of the season. You're not going to value this. This isn't going to value you anymore." Um, so you're you're just dumping players. That's the only time. The rest of it is yep. you have grown men deciding on what how they're going to win or lose their money, and you should let them make that decision. Yep. Yeah. Collusion or dumping players is the only time uh, that a commissioner should step in, and yeah. and and the way the commissioner should step in is then putting it to a league vote, which I'm fine with that. Right. Um, fine with that, but. And the other thing, too, and and this is a huge detractor, is when for the commissioner to approve them, do not put a two-day approval period at it. If that trade comes across your desk, you approve it right away. It's processed right away. Right. Kirk, we we had, you know, it says a two-day waiting process. I remember we made a trade on a Thursday or something like that, and it didn't take effect until the next fantasy week. Right. Even though we needed that player for in that trade for that week. Yeah. That's not fun. No. If you can if you can go all the way to the wire and make an immediate trade, that the more action, the more moves you can make, that's what makes it fun for everybody. Don't limit what teams can do. Yeah, know, it's so. and, and and when when you do a league vote, uh, you're you're now allowing everybody to look at that trade and determine how it affects them. So, right. And, and that's they're not looking at the validity of the trade. They're not saying, wow, this is this actually is fair. You know, yeah. it looks like a pretty good trade. Both teams look to benefit, you know. Oh, well, right there. Both teams look to benefit. That's going to hurt my chances. I got to play one of these guys next mm-hmm. week. So exactly. I'm going to veto it. So it screws him and helps me out. That's not how trades work. Right. Exactly. You can't do it in the NFL. If somebody yeah, I was going to say, trade, do, do the, uh, say, do the no. 30 other teams in the NFL vote on trades? Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, oh no. We're going to play them, and I have to play against that guy. No, you're not allowed to do that. Yep. That's how you That's how you eliminate trades altogether, which is what, exactly. what, what happened. Exactly. All right. Hey, here's another non-negotiable. And you really don't see too many teams doing or leagues doing this anymore. I think everybody kind of understands the faux pas here. And that's when you set your playoffs, you make your championship week for week 16. Do not make it for week 17. Look, I, I love fantasy football more than everybody else. I would love to play an extra week. Right. But this is not the way to do it. Uh, if you just love it so much, have everybody in your league do a fantasy play NFL playoff challenge. Right. Don't extend the season because, you know, at least three teams, you know, and anywhere from two to four teams, two to five teams are going to be sitting players in week 17, which totally changes the dynamic. It doesn't give you a true champion of the league if that is how you measure your champ. So just, just end the season in week 16. You know, you know, that, that makes that, that just gave me an idea. Um, yeah, end the week and and have your Super Bowl uh, be week sixteen, and then if, if you if you still want that seventeenth week, you can always do a you know have have like five dollars in the pot, and then do a total points for that week because you know some people are gonna you don't you don't know who's gonna be sitting and who's not, so that you can yeah. always do stuff like that. But yeah, don't yeah end it at sixteen. Every other team 
we'll we'll thank you. So, <clears throat> kind of along those lines too is how many playoff teams do you uh, do you put in for the size of the league? Kind of the standard we've been doing is for ten teams we've been putting in six teams into the playoffs, and for twelve, eight teams into the playoffs. Uh, you know, for one thing, I'm wrestling with for the dynasty league is because everything is so important for that league, the, the buildup and the regular season and everything, I'm thinking about going to 14 playoff for that 10 team league, or at least putting that up for a vote um, just to make it regular season mean more. Yeah. Instead of a team that gets hot at the end. I was just, I was just going to say, I was just going to say it. I think it would be best. Yeah. If you have 10 teams only do four, and if you have 12 teams, I mean, maybe six, maybe six. But then again, you know, you're it's half it's half the league is in the playoffs. I guess that yeah. still makes it competitive. Um, you still can get, go from the bottom to, to playoff bound. Sure. Um, so I guess that's that does make it exciting, does keep everybody involved. But in that league, in the dynasty league or multi-year league, however you want to call it, you, you if your season's over, you have to then be preparing halfway through the season or partway through the season for the next year. And, you know, if you know you're going to be out of the money, you could still make moves and make trades that benefit you sure. for next year. So yeah. it, it, it's that one. I think if we go to, if you go, if you kept it, if you put four, uh, that still should mean that if anybody has any brains, they're going to say, all right, fine. I know I'm out. I need to start making trades for, for the future. And then that brings a whole other dy- dynamic to, to trading um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. for the fall for this year and for the fall and for the following year too. So I think for that league, because this is the fourth year with a big money year, uh, I'll, we're going to see a lot of things up for vote for change. None of it will be implemented this year. We're going to just stick with the rules for the fourth year, but I think, Going into our next, our second set of four years, that fifth year, yeah, I think that's where you know we may see some some significant rule changes, and, and that's one that I, I'm really going to advocate for. So, I think five. Actually, with that, I don't know. You don't have to do an even number. I think with that league, five teams where your total points leader for the season gets a bye week, and then and then and then plays uh, plays in. I think that would probably uh, there, there's not a way to do that on Yahoo. Oh, it's, there isn't. No, four, six, or eight. That's what you got. That's dumb. I, I, I've never heard of a five-team playoff before. But well, I would be. I, I, I don't know why you couldn't do. I mean, it's simple. I mean, it's not like it's no, no, know, it's not. I, I, I don't think it's as simple as you think. Why the first, the, the first place team gets a buy. They which, would get two buys. Why draw it out? The first place team would get two buys. No, no, the no, the first place team would get a bye and he would play they would play against uh um the the bottom nope. the, the whoever finishes last. Nope. Nope. I th- I you're not thinking this through. I'm that's not a thinking dumb, that's a that's a dumb idea. Once you put it on paper, you're going to see how dumb that is. Uh, um I have it, I have it Okay. On. Okay, so there would be four teams who play in the first round. Correct. How many would be? How many would advance through that? You're right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. 
Yeah, yeah, that was simple. I drew it out. <laughs> Listen, this is a lesson. This is a lesson in 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 in, in any fantasy football. You want to draw it out, whatever it is, <laughs> just draw it out. Put it on paper. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's a dumb thing to say. Uh, all right. Um, so the last thing we'll talk about is just kind of just league dynamics. Um, you know, we do most of the leagues we do, except with the exception of my family league, is, is for money. Does that? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's funny because you and I will still talk about the non-money leagues the same as we'll talk about the money leagues. But right. the, the money still just it does add a, a different dynamic to it. Um, makes it more fun, especially, you know, if you do weekly high week scores or, you know, maybe you get 25 bucks a week for the highest score of the week that, that makes it fun. And yeah, um, there's different dynamics and different elements to it, but ultimately I think we just enjoy it so much that we talk about all the leagues the same. It, the league that takes precedence in my world is the league I'm doing the best and that doesn't matter which one. As long, if yeah. I'm out of the money or if I'm not doing well uh, in the other league, I don't really – I focus on it. I don't think about it as much because I, it pisses me off. But if it's the family league that I'm doing well in, guess what? I am happy and yeah. I am I'm excited and I'm trying to win the league. If I'm winning the money, well, that's great too. But I, I look – they're all the same until – you know, you start to either play poorly or play well. And, and it all of them keep me entangled. The only one that I probably have the, have the hardest time getting involved with is Maddie's league. And this is the only reason it's because I don't really know all the people involved. So it's harder. Yeah. It's harder to, to, uh, to dive into that because um, it's literally just playing with random people. Well, well, here, here's uh, that's a, a perfect segue in, into the next thing I'm going to talk about. Uh, so I did a league last year where it was a local league. So I had some neighbors, some friends, you know, parents of my my kids' friends, and some work work folks uh, in the league. Only ninety percent of the trades were between me and the guys I work with. Why? Because we talk every day, right? And and we're just talking about this stuff every day. So, if it is a league where it's strangers or guys who typically don't text or message each other, you need to create something, some type of messaging app, or you need to publish everybody's number, and just, um, you know, just just kind of advertise the group talks and all that. So that will promote trading and more moves and, and all that stuff which can only be a benefit to the league um you know the, the the leagues now yahoo is doing a better job with it um but still yeah the, the more you can communicate with people and talk smack and just be just be known and, and you know make friendships with people that will only benefit benefit yeah i think the i think having a live draft obviously makes it more intense um even if that's the only Mm -hmm. time you ever see those people um but then you get to see them and then you get to you you have your opportunity to to tell them that they're idiots and you're not and I, i think that's important whether you're doing it verbally or through what you're doing 
you you can you can eye them up and just and let them know you know what you're talking about and they don't well the funny thing is is when we do that in the one league that is why people will not trade with us or vote against our trades but that's neat and yet we still we still manage this is this this year was the first year that we didn't make noise in the playoffs because we didn't make the playoffs because our, our we did make the playoffs we made the didn't no we? no well, we were we were we were on the edge we were on the edge and we didn't make the playoffs the the biggest thing was is obviously our the biggest prankster screwed us over david johnson david yeah. johnson that trickster oh what a jokester yeah. wrist injury whatever all right so, hey, Kirk, I, I just want to make one big announcement. I kind of alluded to it earlier. Just want to make one big announcement before we sign off here. And that is that the Fancy Boys Plus One are going to do some live shows in Austin, Texas. And that is the uh, weekend after the 4th of July, July 6th through the 9th. Fancy Boys, Fancy Football is coming to you live from Austin. How do you feel about that? Well, I, I feel good because I'm a part of this. Um, I'll, I will. We're bringing it to yeah, the fans. We, will, we are going to be on location in the in the heart of of Austin, Texas. So, we haven't announced or we haven't decided a venue or how we're going to sell tickets or anything to the live show yet. But it's going to be well. Great. I mean, I'm hoping we don't get banned for for sharing our opinions on fantasy football. I mean, I want free speech to reign. So, let's. Uh, Let's you know we let's amp up our security, and um, and and really make sure this. We'll do it right at the, right on the footsteps of the or the the, the front steps of the uh, the Texas Capitol. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Maybe maybe even in a bar because I mean, oh, it's going to yeah. be big either way. I feel bad for anybody who doesn't it's buy been... tickets now. Yep. Even though we don't know where right. it's going to be. But get the tickets, or, or else, else. <laughs> you have twenty four hours. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, that's all for the uh, that's all for the fancy boys, and we are signing and off. And we're fading out.